Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of Middle of the Row, the podcast. This week, we're going to be looking at the films of Ryan Johnson, the director of The Last Jedi, which comes out this weekend. Um, To get hyped for that, I propose to my three co-hosts that we watch his first three films, which is in honor of an old article that I've done a few times for our site, and I think I've actually freelanced it a couple times. Um, But yeah, three films in, we look at the director's first three films. In Ryan Johnson's case, it's his only three other films. Uh, And those films are Brick, The Brothers Bloom, and Looper. Um, It's been a while since he's had a release. When did Looper come out? Like 20 years? 2012. 2012. Um, But I'm happy to have that delay if The Last Jedi turns out to be as good as his three previous films are. Without further ado, we're going to jump into the first film of his filmography, which is... Evil Demon Golf Ball from Hell? No, that's not it. Did you um, just make that up, or is that like a short he did? No, that's... so Johnson, no, that's a, a short he did that's loosely based on Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart, and apparently uh, it was an Easter egg on the Looper Blu-ray. Huh. Oh. I own that Blu-ray. Well, you should watch um, it. Also, he also <laughs> directed a couple episodes of Breaking Bad. Yes, he did. Um, some of the most memorable episodes. Brick is a uh, neo-noir film set in a high school. L.A. Is it L.A.? I think it's supposed to be L.A. Their their lockers are outside. That's a very California thing. So it's at least a Californian. uh, It was shot at his high school. So do we know where he grew up? I believe he was from L.A. There you go. I could be wrong. I could also be wrong. He was born in Maryland. Trivia. (laughs) San Clemente, California. There you go. We'll call it. We'll call it California. Um, it stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt as our lead detective character. Uh, it also has some other faces that managed to go on to some successful things. Lucas Haas and Nora Zithiner. Can't pronounce it. So successful, um, we know her name. <laughs> yes. Uh, and Emily DeRaven of Lost Fame was also in this film. Um, spoiler alert, she dies. Yeah, um, it took me a lot longer to realize that she was in Lost than it probably should have. She's in, like, one scene. Not in Lost. <laughs> Not in Lost. No, she was in a few, but it was kind of She like... also has an American accent. That's true. But also her um... face is the same. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Zing! But yeah, Brick, I remember when it was coming out, I saw the trailer. I was like super hyped for it. I think I saw it at uh, the high point when it first came out. Are you serious? Yep. That's awesome, actually. Yeah. For those it's... of you who don't know, the high point's like a super retro, like silver screen-esque kind of, uh, silver screen-esque era, excuse me, uh, theater in St. Louis. Is it retro or just old? Well, it's like it's maintained that kind of vibe, <laughs> that retro vibe for the sake of I don't want to say novelty, but it is it is really cool. I, I still have yet to see it. Because of money. Well, um, that too, potentially. But uh yeah, Brick, I really enjoyed it when it came out. It was 
I don't, I didn't do my year in review things at that point yet, but I think somewhere on a AOL instant messenger <laughs> thing, I had a, I had a <laughs> list of my favorite movies and my profile or something from that year. And I'm pretty sure Brick was pretty high up on it. Um, but before seeing it again for this podcast this week, um, I haven't seen it in a while and I was, uh, I was really pleasantly surprised at just how fresh and fast the movie works and moves. And it's just very clear from the get go that Ryan Johnson was someone who is very, very talented at directing. And, uh, this film is very, it's got a lot of style. I mean, it's obviously going for that, that noir style with the fun spin of it being set in high school with all the, and then there's a bunch of the language of the script is also a lot of fun with the references the good thing I brown bagged it. I always remembered from the trailer and it's still a great line in the movie when they, uh, he talks about getting shook down for his lunch money, uh, by some of the ruffians. But, um, yeah, I've been a big fan of brick and it put Ryan Johnson on my radar from the get go. And I think I like all of his films just about equally. Um, though I think he's still short of making, a real masterpiece and we can get into that on all three of these movies but um yeah what did you guys think of brick so i uh i've been uh i rewatched it right before the pod today uh that way it would be fresh because i was telling them before uh off the pod that oh god i, watched I can't it. decide if i hate pod or cast more <laughs> i watched it uh in high school in my friend's garage on a couch and it was like the best way to watch it i feel like because one it was in high school or whatever and it was just there's a there's a high school grittiness to it that i think um is very unique and very i don't want to say alternative but very charming in an alternative way i guess just everything about like it has a very outsider uh tone to it and i don't mean like i've never actually seen the outsiders or read the outsiders but just in terms it's all about (laughs) this guy who like joseph gordon levitt's character i love because he's kind of on the fringes of society he's kind of a holden caulfield-esque in which he's kind of like through with high school culture and hates it wait did you read that book yeah, I did. I did read Catcher in the Rye. Thank you very much. Um, he eats lunch by himself behind the school, and he's got these few things that he clings to in terms of these diamonds in the rough or these things of uh, moral integrity in within the high school. But everything else, he kind of finds it just fake and phony or whatever. And I love that it kind of sets itself up as this isn't just a typical detective noir film that's, oh, happened to be in a modern day California high school, it's kind of a man against society tale and this outsider kind of taking on the structure. And I love that aspect of it. Um, And I'm glad that it it kind of had a happy ending where he kind of got resolution at the end there. I mean, his girlfriend Um, did just die. We sure he's happy at that. With, with, with his child. (laughs) Well, resolution in the sense that there was, finally justice yeah that the last was moments of the movie he, he finds out his baby died 
<laughs> but he's happy. It is pretty I'm dark. Not, I'm not 100% sure I'd call that a happy ending. <laughs> well, I, okay, yeah, happy well, is probably it uh, it. pushing it. But at least there was justice and resolution <laughs> that he found out who was behind all of it, I guess. So Yeah, the girl um, he just slept with. I guess closure. Do you think it was implied? Closure, closure. Do you think they had sex? She was smoking afterwards. They definitely had sex. I think think it's the international sign of yeah. They were just very clothed in the next. Just like Emily Blunt later smokes after sex. It's a thing for him. (laughs) It's it's a theme. Uh, No, I just I loved the the angstiness of it, like the underlying angstiness in this film too. Cause I think that was something that was really, that really resonated with me as an angsty teenager going through uh, whatever and listening to all the bullshit emo music that I was listening and to. And you, you saw this when you were in high school, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And we yes. speak like with our own Shakespearean style stuff here in Missouri, just like with that corn <laughs> comes this weird language. So we really recognize this movie. <laughs> They're not going to get that corn reference. Not, not Shakespeare. Uh, Shakespearean, that's kind of... No, I, I just mean it's like a style unto itself. Yeah. People don't um, regularly speak like this. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love this film. I think... I'm kind of sad that we're starting with it because I think it's my favorite of the three. Um, but yeah, I thought it was awesome. Everything about the tone. That's the main thing for me. I think the tone was the coolest thing, coolest part about it. I yeah, I think it. I, no, I, I agree with John on that. Like the tone is something that's uh, very unique, uh, and I really liked that about it. Uh, I was worried it was going to feel like a Guy Ritchie film at first. It has that very kind of those brisk cuts and the way people kind of communicate, but it evolved into its own thing really quickly, and I'm I was really pleased with it. Uh, yeah it it definitely just with the premise it took the risk of just being a teenage version of like la confidential set in modern times or something like that um but i think it definitely differentiated itself enough from it and established its own sort of character and personality and it's just it's just another reason why i love uh joseph gordon levitt he's such a great actor uh Oh yeah, and I and I had not seen this movie uh, until yesterday. I saw it for the first time uh, for this podcast specifically, and I'm really glad you guys, you know, wanted to do this because it's. I don't think I would have ever seen it otherwise, and it's a fantastic movie. Um, think if you would have saw all three of them. <laughs> okay, again, I have like work. I have errands to run. I did not have time to see everything, and I apologize for that. Whatever. I think uh I'll see the brothers bloom eventually. It's not like I'm gonna completely avoid it. Hey, here's I don't want to spoil it, Ben, but here's what I will say. I really did not have any inkling to see the brothers bloom, and I was actually gonna like opt out of it, but then I went ahead and saw it, and I was actually pleasantly surprised. So I would spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. That's that's my I, that's my favorite of these three. I think. Where would you put it, John? Like in as of the three. It's oh man, it's it's hard actually. I don't know because it's so different from Brick and Looper in the sense of Looper's still kind of like a noir film, except it's in it's a sci it's got a sci fi theme to it. Yeah. Uh, but it's still just as intense and gritty. 
and Brothers Bloom is way more. Yeah, isn't uh, that like a lighthearted. comedy? Yeah, um, it's a con man movie, and it's but it's definitely the most comedic. It's a brighter movie. movie. I enjoyed this movie. The first time I saw it was in college. I think I liked it more then than I do now. Not to say that I don't still enjoy it. I just, I don't know. There's something about it. This no, I was, I was, like, no, I was worried about that phenomenon as well. Like, is this going to be one of those movies that you think a lot better when you're younger? In your I, younger, in your I disagree. 20s? I, I but no, no, no. I, I don't, I don't think that. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think the movie works splendidly well. But I think the thing. Uh, then I'll throw it back to Lauren. The thing that the only thing that doesn't really work, the weak link of this movie, I think, is the, um, the just the melodrama of the romance. I did, I didn't buy his relationship with his the ex girlfriend who dies. Um, so those emotional beats didn't work. For yeah, me and there as was well. a thing about that where it's like, was he abusive or something? Because she seemed kind of like yeah. There's that yeah. He pushes her in that one flashback. Well, that and, and just she the way she was around him, I don't know if it was all to do with other things or if, like, mm-hmm. there's a reason she left him. And I don't think it was all just because yeah. she wanted to be, like, popular. There's just yeah. this weird, like, you guys know me. I prefer movies with likable characters. And yeah, this I one think, doesn't think have a like, lot of likable characters, if any. I don't think he was abusive. I think he was just, like, very controlling. That's abuse. Yeah. <laughs> or I, I think maybe well, I think maybe not to he the was point just, of like being yep. cruel or physically harmful. But I, I mean, think one was... of the only flashback audios we have of him is him screaming, screaming at, at her. her. Yeah, I would say he was abusive verbally and possibly okay. physically. I mean, he throws he okay verbally. He, I mean, yeah, he verbally abusive. He throws her. Yeah, yeah. He throws her in that in that cutscene. Yeah. Well, okay, I think but was, I think I think it I was think... more. He he didn't throw her. She no. He full on pushed her. Oh, okay, maybe I... Okay. I think, but... I feel like it would be a disservice to ignore that he was trying to warn her about um, hanging out with this crowd and the people that she was getting involved with. And granted, did he approach it the right way? Not at all. Like he was so... teenager. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was Which so confident. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not exactly. It's, it's, um, like... This is they couldn't have done it differently for the movie to work. But another thing, it's like I hate people who hide bodies. Tell the cops. Call the cops. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's like so. I just I, I think, just think those things stick with me more now. Or it's like yeah. I just need happier things. I I need characters <laughs> that I can relate to and appreciate. So well, and to get back to like this wasn't a happy story at all. This was definitely this was was always going to be a tragedy in the sense that he still has to deal with the idea that it wasn't just if what was his girlfriend's name again emily uh, yeah if emily it wasn't just if emily hadn't gone in with these people that then she wouldn't be dead but it was always it the story was always going to be about from the get-go if i had treated her differently in the relationship then maybe she would still be alive and uh, and in that sense i think well, if he wasn't a flawed character and if he didn't make these mistakes with her, then it probably wouldn't have been as powerful of a story. Well, yeah, um, I mean, it, and it's really, like what Lauren just said. You're running. Like, if you don't have these certain bits and pieces, you don't have a movie. But she just is saying, I, I, mean, I get what she's saying. Like, it just isn't as easy or enjoyable to watch. Am I getting you right, Lauren, there? Like, yeah, yeah. it just, yeah. 
like yes obviously these things have to happen or else we don't have a movie um and you know it's also very you know like dude he like that's desecrating a body <laughs> It's like he just hit her in the sewer or something. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, like have some respect for the girl. Yeah, um, I mean, I get, like, I get where John's coming from too. He wanted to figure it out, and if he, the cops just took her, who knows what he would have? He wouldn't be able to. But why? Because whoever was, you know, the people he was looking for would have hidden or like run, essentially, kind of covered their tracks. Yeah, he couldn't do the investigating if. They knew she was dead, basically. I know, but he's a high schooler, yeah. man. Give it to the cops. <laughs> hey, he figured it out. Apparently, he's also a really good <laughs> detective. Yeah. Um, and apparently, what was this relationship he had with the principal? He's like, like his he police. Was the, he was like the corrupt. Yeah. So he is like a darker, <laughs> never been kissed. Is he like some older guy coming in, like Twenty One Jump Street? Like secretly, <laughs> he's an older guy coming into high school. No, to solve so crimes. I think. I I can't remember whether or not the story he told to the pin was or to Tug or whoever. I think was, previously he ratted someone else out. Or not. Yeah. It was. yeah, yeah. So he was probably kind of involved in like some maybe mild drug trade, like say weed he, or something yeah. like, and like that. And like he narked on somebody. And he he, he kind of turned, but didn't want to like get this reputation as a narc or as a goody two shoes or whatever. So he just kind of started keeping to himself and said like, "Well, there's this entire corrupt." clan that's getting into heavier shit like heroin and whatever and i just i don't deal in stuff like that well wasn't wasn't the person he he basically turned in was uh like someone who emily was getting close to wasn't that i thought it was like a friend of his no i think there were some implications that he might have thrown this guy under the bus because jealousy yeah yeah which makes him just that much many more shades of gray going on with him um, yeah, and I'll say this is kind of a tangent, but the only other complaint I had about this movie, and again, I did enjoy it for what it was, I will say that, but it's like, I feel like watching this, maybe because I wrote a paper on it in college, I was trying to find things in the way he shot things and angles and color choice mm-hmm. and all these things. It, it's like there was stuff in the movie, but I don't think it ever actually amounted to stuff. So it was like, it felt it had this feel to it, like not necessarily a student project, mm-hmm. but it was like. It just was like there's so much like it's his first thing, so there's so much yeah. to put into it. There's a and... lot of style for style's sake yeah. in the movie. I agree, but I think a lot of it. Like also... I don't think the camera is ever on level with someone. <laughs> it's either above or below, and people are always not at the same level either. Like you'll notice people standing versus someone sitting in a scene with him, mm-hmm. and I'm like, is there supposed to be like some power symbolism in this, or maybe mm-hmm. it means like he knows something this person doesn't, or vice versa? And I don't think it ever meant anything. I think it was just aesthetics. Yeah, it might be more that just he kind of like sees himself as above everyone else. Maybe and everyone. So many people are wearing white in this movie. <laughs> it's like if you look at him, he never changes his outfit. Yeah. How many days go by in this movie? Well, nobody changes yeah, their outfit. Yeah, that's kind of gross. You know, I mean, that's all. Uh, that. um, Laura does. Yeah, well, she's, she's the, pretty much the only she's one. She's the femme fatale. She's got a. Well, the, yeah, she so has does, red. That's so does the, the other ex. Uh, uh, Car- Car- Carmen Cara. Uh, Cara. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, she does Cara's white the face. Worst. <laughs> like, it's like uh, speaking of Cara. Actually, wasn't that supposed to be like a wasn't that supposed to be like a geisha or something? I yeah, I think so. so. Kabuki. Or Padme. Amidala. Yeah, Padme. Yeah, it's like what what kind of play would that be? I don't know. Kabuki, Kabuki yeah. theater. In a high school play sure. though. 
that's the thing you're okay. getting stuck on in this movie. <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I, it's like these high schoolers. Yeah, are how about the fact that she had her own syndicate. dressing room? <laughs> well, I I do love how like you know all those different scenes. They talk for a little bit, and then she'd be like, "Oh, excuse me, would you go?" Yeah, was that just guy doing something naughty with her? I think he's just sitting there in case she needed something. Yeah. I, See, I was yeah, like, I is think he it was like, this... t- you know. <laughs> uh, I think it's, if anything, he's probably like doing cleaning her feet or massaging her feet. Yeah. That's that I, just seems I, like I such a I weird got. thing not to like show if that's all it is. She, what that's, is it? Yeah, I did. Fair. One thing that I think you guys briefly touched on, which I think was great actually was the high school setting or the youthfulness setting of this was just crazy. Like how the old Kingpin was 26 years old. <laughs> and I love how so self-referential this movie would be about the premise of it. So how they would meet in his mom's house. <laughs> yeah. His and mom his mom would be yeah. like, <laughs> that was probably it, my like, favorite scene. It's like giving oh, them cereal and stuff. And juice. then that's okay. Oh, but we have apple. <laughs> it's country style. Yeah. <laughs> And what was it? Uh, I loved how for the final kind of showdown when all like both Tug's gang and the Pins gang are both there. Like she's going around serving all of the milk in her house or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then even like the times when he could step back from the verbose nature of the lines and just really recognize that we're dealing with young people. And so I love the scene mm-hmm. on the beach with the pin Tolkien. and uh See that's another and, scene. Uh, it's like Joseph Gordon Lovett was sitting like feet behind him. It's, <laughs> it's so weird. Well, what, what was his name? Brendan. So Brendan and the pin were on the beach and he goes, "Have you ever what was that? Have you ever read Tolkien?" He's like, "What?" He's like, "You know, The Hobbit, those <laughs> books." And he's like, "No." He's like, "Like I was really good at describing things." <laughs> <laughs> and like that's the line and it's just like Oh, okay. That's cool. And sometimes, I don't know. So, every, yeah, there's a lot of good kind of self-referential. Yeah, or... I, think, I think the, I mean, even though we're saying he, it's a lot of style for style's sake, I mean, it really makes the movie really watchable. Um, the, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's so many ma- cool things. Ask to... questions like, why does he have a club foot? Lucas Haas had a character choice, I'm sure. Um, but, but there's just so many really cool shots in the film and there's, there's not every, every, every take, every angle, every shot feels like a new, something new and fresh. And when you pair that with the dialogue and yeah, I just want to like what you were saying, what you were saying earlier about the dialogue, I, I love like the kind of different phrases they had, like, you know, oh, she knows who I'm eating lunch Mm -hmm. with. yeah. Who's she eating lunch with right now? It's like that. I thought that was like kind of cool that those kind of different or, slang. Yeah. How slangs. they always called the cops bulls. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. They, he, I think the, the reason I was so drawn to this movie though, was just cause Johnson just, like I said at the start, there's just such a, a vision, a directorial vision in this movie where 100%. it's just like, yeah. There's, you can see the decisions made at every turn. And I think he's gotten better to make it a little bit more organic um, as he's gone forward. But um, it, it it's stuff like this that had me super, you know, when he was announced to direct episode eight, 
it made me of all the announced directors i think he was announced before we even saw force awakens um it was he was the his movie was the one i was most excited to see of just because i felt like he had a vision unlike any of the other directors that were on the t- on the board at the time to be directing these future star wars movies so yeah he he's had it from the get-go and uh I get it feels a little show-offy, like Lauren said, um, as his first kind of thing. But at the same time, I think it made a mark in it. I wouldn't say show-offy yeah. so much as it's like he was so excited to finally do this first film that every idea he had, he all wanted to put, put it on it there. In. And they yeah. weren't bad ideas. Yeah. It's just, I know, I definitely felt like I would notice things more in this and they would stick out to me. Whereas now down the road, you still notice, like he'll put little asides in his movies. Mm-hmm. And you'll notice them if you're watching the environment, but they don't like stick out to me as something where it's like, wait, what did that mean? It's just like a little moment in time in his movies. All right. So I'm going to ask the million dollar question of movies with twists and turns. Ben, what did you, what did you figure out? (laughs) Or did this one keep you guessing? Um... I I, I I wasn't sure at first who killed Emily, if it was either Tug or, uh, was it mm-hmm. Dode? But I was almost positive that uh, Laura had something to do with mm-hmm. it. Oh yeah, there's no way she wasn't yeah. involved. Yeah, and it's like, oh, it's 100%, the, first, yeah. the first time, the first time Again. they talk and she's like, you know, you loved her so much and I could tell I would know felt that way about me oh yeah she she was the main driving force yeah. behind whoever killed her and then again a movie where everyone is wearing either white or black she's often in red or accessorized with red or her car interior is red <laughs> it's like that's another thing where it stands out it's like okay i get it you're telling me she's bad <laughs> and it's like she wants to help him so much it's like yeah nobody wants to help this guy yeah she's done something wrong <laughs> um the just why you're th- that scene with I think my favorite scene in this movie might be the Dode death scene. Um, just for, oh, for whatever no, reason, it catches you off guard. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Like, oh man. Yeah. Dude, I was like, oh, man, he, just, he beat the shit out of him, but thanks, thank God, Joseph. St- oh shit, he killed him. Okay. Yeah. And that really. And it was done in shadow too. Mm-hmm. It was cool. It's a beautiful shot, and it it yeah. it really takes the movie beautiful, the beautiful shot of his head getting blown the it, fuck off wait, are you talking about are you talking about the camera the shot camera. or the actual like gun he, shot he, no it's a compliment <laughs> to tug you better not miss from that close um <laughs> the, i don't know it's not a blunderbuss <laughs> uh it's oh i get that reference um, but that <laughs> it's one of the movies he saw also kind of the <laughs> turning point of the movie too where it stops being oh, it yeah. stops being I mean, the movie's still fun afterwards, but, like, up until that point, you're just kind of in the vibe of, oh, all this cool language and everything. Yeah, because there was always a girl who was dead. Yeah, yeah. and I was, I was never worried about anyone else getting killed. I figured, like, yeah. everyone mm-hmm. else was kind of safe. That was the point where it's like, oh, shit, it could mm-hmm. be anybody well, now. I kind People of always dying, wondered yeah. watching it if uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was going to die just because his health was declining yeah. steadily. <laughs> that, out of curiosity, did just they ever really explain out? why that he's, was? He's not probably sleeping. just interior, like, internal bleeding. Yeah. It's it's probably that and not sleep. It's like a lack of sleep, so he's well, exhausted. I mean, he was kind of sleeping. He was passed out he a kept bunch. Yeah, out, but do, yeah. do you think he's sleeping restfully? 
you know like yeah I, but he was coughing well, so they, much they, it was, yeah. the who's the the girl that Laura she makes Laura. a passing reference that he's been swallowing tons of blood I don't know how yeah. she knows that yeah. uh, but between that and the sleep that is another one of the weaker elements of the movie for me is just like though it does give us that great moment when he goes to the dode death scene where they we're watching his feet and he can barely walk and then he like pulls it together yeah. and he's like walking fine that's i i love that little shot in the movie too um but uh, speaking of sleeping that was another thing i couldn't not focus on he showed clocks so much yeah. in this movie i was like do these numbers mean anything <laughs> i should write these down <laughs> Actually, the one the one for me, the only thing I thought was a little far fetched was the drawing of the tunnel. No, what what? I thought what that was, was wrong with what, that. Were you, you, he thought it was gonna be anarchy. Like, I thought it was a little like. There's there's no way you would figure that out. Well, it's like yeah, it's like you have to assume that. For no, some he reason, doesn't figure Emily, it out. Maybe they Emily has that. been there. No, but like as sending it, like sending it to Emily, would she understand what that meant? As like meet me at this weird a. Well, I think she was in with the drug yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, if you... If, yeah, that's why I'm saying how, it had to be, like, something that they... Yeah, okay, it was a code that was he used knew, by... He knew of it, yeah. too. And that's why he... That was the confirmation that that's what that meant. But he only knew it because he had this special psychic dream no. that told him something. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. I did like that trash... That, that, that little... tarp effect, though. That was, like, in camera that they used a few times. Yeah, no, apparently they, like, they shot it backwards yeah, or something. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I did Yeah, they, dra- they drug the um, trash bag or whatever yeah. off the camera and back. Um, huh. uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, we're at about 30-ish minutes. Does anybody have anything else they want to chime in i just want to say i want to hear your guys thoughts on this because i looked up the trivia for this today just to see interesting things and there's like a theory going around and i think johnson from the trivia it said that he didn't say yes or no to it but Mm -hmm. he liked the idea of it at least that uh the theory is that the brain is just in joseph gordon levitt's mind the last shot with him implies well because doesn't he say something like go sleep now yeah and well he like pops out of his head and then he doesn't, he doesn't. When he, but the only thing about that is that he asks what she said to him. It's like, if he was in his brain, he would know. Yeah, I mean. And then he would, he's also asking him to keep track of people that he can't see. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, well, we don't know what he's doing. Yeah, but camera. we don't see every moment of Joseph Gordon-Levitt either, though. Um, yeah. Okay. No, I, mean, I, I don't, I, I don't it's think. It's an interesting thing to think yeah. about. Yeah, it, I don't think it's true. Yeah, I, but I guess the, I never the, thought the, about that yeah. before. They're, they're yeah. only, their scenes are only together, no one else. Mm-hmm. Um, I, That's I true. think that, that, like I said, the last shot, when he walks back after he tells him to go to sleep, he doesn't, he, the shot lingers long enough that he should cross behind Brendan's head, but he does not come mm-hmm. out the other side. That's where that kind of started, I think. Oh, okay. But I think all of the, like I said, he's doing so many other things. Why does Brendan not remember giving out the locker number his locker number because he's know. not sleeping I know, maybe he can't remember things when you're that tired <laughs> and brain damage brain damage yeah tug punches punch hard <laughs> i love 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 joseph gordon levitt as like the badass fighter just going after like people yeah yeah actually i love who the he scene sucker with him punched and, uh, someone the, who was it brad the yeah. football player yeah. yeah oh my god yeah that was <laughs> great that was awesome. I also love the scene with the junkies. What did what did he say then? It's like I've got sleep. It's like I've yeah, got uh, half, yeah. 
I've got like all six of my se- all, all of my senses and I've and I slept yeah. well, so I, that puts me six above you guys or something. I love like how that. those guys yeah. just watch them beat the shit out of Doe too. And then and then yeah. he leaves. Yeah, yeah, you better run. <laughs> oh, and he ties the guy's straw and just puts it yeah. back in his mouth off camera. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Johnson, he definitely has like this quir- not quirkiness to him, mm-hmm. but there's just little beats like that that definitely feel like unto himself. And so yeah, he's like you feel those like throughout odd, his movies, but, but badass. Yeah, I don't feel yeah. like even though all of his films are like he's always delving into a genre and trying to make a genre picture. With oh yeah, it's like when has I don't think he any of these movies could be considered straightforward. Yeah, but they feel very much. You don't feel like you've seen anything like it when you watch one of his movies. Really, no. Yeah, uh, which is great. Um. um so yeah. Last call for Brick. I'm good. Okay. So that's four for four on this one. Yep. Like it. Everybody loves Brick. Yeah. Go watch Brick if you haven't yet. Um, yeah. Um, great. Uh, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me at Zach Oldenburg on Twitter and Letterboxd and other social media places. You can read our readings at middleofrow.com and you should subscribe to our podcast so you get all the bonus episodes, the non-bonus episodes, the Star Wars episodes. Get all the episodes. You can do that on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. I think that's it. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can follow me on Twitter at, at the Grigsby Bear, or you can find us on Facebook at middle of the row or middle of the row i'm jonathan rahul you can follow me on twitter at another rahul j you can also follow us on twitter and uh, excuse me where you'll get updates for when we post reviews or podcast episodes and that's at middle of row and i am lauren heimbaugh you can find me on twitter at beware of trees and you can find us on tumblr at middle of row.tumblr.com And uh, remember, the best seats are in the middle of the row.